Welcome back to another episode of We Are These Guys Now. My mm. name is Kenneth. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore Mr. Clark. And my name is Ben, and you can follow me on all the socials, and I mentioned the last one, and on TikTok, at BenMueller915. <laughs> you can also follow our Instagram uh, page, we are the, at we are these guys now. Check out our website, that's on both of our bios, at weareTheseGuysNow.com. Check out some of our merch, it's going to be super awesome, you're going to love it. Got a lot of people who are buying wearing it supporting and to all those people we want to say huge thanks we love you thank you so much you guys are awesome what is today's topic ben Mm. well for those of you who have been around me probably the last few weeks you realize that i've kind of been on a little bit of a little bit of a mindfulness journey um i've always kind of been interested in like self-help and uh, self-improvement and, and, and mindfulness. That's why I'm a huge fan of yoga because it's kind of like forced meditation because I struggle to do that. But I recently started reading a book called The Power of Now. And it's basically the premise of it is that your mind is not your friend. The only thing that, that it does that's quote-unquote good for you is keep you alive. Or food, water, shelter, like that's that's its main purpose um, and, and the book goes goes pretty deep in like spirituality, and there it, it, it gets a little little bit out there and a little bit too negative on the mind, in my opinion, because there is some positive elements of your mind, like making sure that you eat. Um, but I feel like a lot of problems that are caused in today's society and and in people in general is the act of not being present. And so basically, this this book, and I'm about a third through it, it. it, it talks about how we're always trying to reach this state of almost meditation where we do things whether it's watch tv play video games playing instruments spend time with friends where we're trying our our body naturally and our mind naturally wants to be in this present moment and that is where we're the most happy productive and calm Uh, but the problem is is that our mind is constantly uh, think about the past, think about the future, because it's trying to keep you alive. It's designed to protect you. Everything that your mind does, um, and and where you're dwelling on the past, looking into the, looking into the future, and planning out different scenarios, it's to protect you. It's there on purpose. Um, but when it's so easy to exist, especially in our modern society, it's so easy to to basically be alive. Our mind slowly more and more becomes less of our friend. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today and the importance of mindfulness, being present, and what that looks like uh, for, for both of us. Okay, yeah. I mean, we've definitely talked, we've uh, tapped into this concept before just on a light, like, you know, kind of like on a lighter note. We've talked about, you know, consistency and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, choosing things that, you know, make your today uh, better for, you know, you know, better for you, like doing things today that you can, you know, look back in the future, you know, you know taking advantage of the 24 hours that you have, that type of um, talk. But we've never really talked about uh, the mindfulness aspect, the, I guess, from what I'm understanding, because I would actually, I would actually want you to kind of explain for me and the listeners, mm-hmm. uh, the, your definition of the mind, because yeah. uh, where you kind of tapped into was, uh, part of it is, you know, it helps you survive, all this stuff. Um, but 
if if I'm understanding correctly and definitely kind of go into more detail, uh, is it is it necessarily bad to be thinking about the past or preparing mentally for the future, even if you're not like physically doing something where you could be happiest in the moment? Yes. Mm hmm. But is it necessarily a bad thing to have your mind working through those scenarios when you're in states of peace or, uh, you know, when, when you're not experiencing some kind of, I need to get this done right now? Mm -hmm. Is it necessarily a bad thing? That's, that's a fantastic question. Um, and so I'm going to start. So the beginning of the book, which is what really kind of like set my, my mind off and piqued my interest was mm. so this guy was going through like a brutal depressive episode like whatever couldn't out of bed he didn't go into details of what caused or what was going on but he remembered one night distinctively he like couldn't fall asleep and he was you know unbelievably negative on himself and unbelievably you know depressed and he kept saying i can't i can't you know dwelling on the past feeling guilty feeling like shit and he said i can't live with myself and the minute that he said that like a light bulb went off because when you say you can't live with yourself, that's two people. If it was just one, y you wouldn't say that because it, I can't live with my roommate. I can't live with X, Y, and Z. That means there has to be two of you. There's a separation that mm. happens, and I feel like a lot of people don't don't really realize that. So that's where the separation of the mind compared to who you are comes from. So that the mind is the mind is what was making him feel like shit, feeling guilty you know, causing all this, this emotional trauma, him, the light bulb that went off was his true self, then realizing that that they were separate. And so when I say the mind, I, 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 I say the, the, um, kind of the, your inner thoughts. So when you're, cause you are able to observe your own thoughts and a lot of people don't, but if you sit back and like, what do you, what are you thinking about just on a daily basis? You're doing a task or you're the past and don't judge it don't um feel bad about what you're thinking about don't you know don't dwell on it and don't judge it because technically that is still your your they calls it the ego that's the ego slipping in through the back door and you're actually you're not separating yourself the minute you start to judge and so it's a complete separation and i like to think of it like you're looking almost like down on yourself inside of your brain and you're just watching, almost like watching a movie, but with no emotional attachment. And so that's when I say the mind, the definition of the mind. And, and when I think it's a great question that can you be uh, emotionally at peace and emotionally present um, when you are either dwelling on the past or thinking about the future? And the answer is yes, but it depends. And it depends on what you're thinking about and what's happening internally. And uh, when you are planning out to the future, is your heart racing? Are you freaking out? Because suddenly you are planning for the future, but what what what's happening internally when you're doing that? Because being present isn't just isn't this like totally zened out, you know, just nothing no, state of no, like yeah. just ooh, I'm 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 here right at you know at one o six p.m. Arizona time. <laughs> I am just I am just here. Nothing exists. The next minute doesn't exist. It's just now. No, that doesn't that, exist. Yeah, that's not, not it. And this guy gets a little bit into that, but I, I don't think that's um, – it's not particularly how I'm going to live my life, but I think there's a lot of truth to what he does say. But it depends. So if, if being present and like sitting down and writing out your goals or writing out your goals for the next month, technically you're thinking about the future, but you're being present mm -hmm. 
in this current moment and you're saying, oh, I'm going to plan on my future right now. And that will have a meditative effect on your body, similar to you, you zenning out. So it, it, it completely depends on your emotional reaction to it's, it's a lot. It's really hard to do about the past, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, unless you're reliving a good memory. But still, then you're you're not fully present. But you can be you can definitely fully present and planning out the future or or or, you know, thinking about the future or preparing as long as you are aware of what you're doing in that present moment. If you're sitting on the couch and you're like scrolling through Twitter, but you're really not looking at Twitter and you're you're thinking about the future, but you're freaking out, you're not being present. You're really not planning on your future and you're not helping yourself. It depends on if you're helping yourself or not. I think that's a big, if it's being productive, I think that is a huge um, decider on if you're being present while planning out certain things. Okay, so it's it's not just, so it's not just mindfulness, it's productive mindfulness. Dude, it's, and and that, that looks different for each person. So that's why I, I was going to say, it's, it's, cool. al- it's always going to be different. It's always going to be dependent on, you know, who, who we're talking to and who you're talking about, their situation. Mm-hmm. It depends on yeah what what brings you that peace and and we've said it a, what a trillion times on this podcast Kenny it's trying new things mm-hmm. trying new things has that meditative quality because you're so immersed in this new thing and you're either trying to get better at it or just trying to figure things out that it has that meditative uh, aspect to it but that looks different for everyone else man like some people they like to plan out every hour of their day some people that would drive them nuts and that's not productive but you don't know until you tried a multitude of different activities uh planning strategies uh organizational tactics you don't know um and taking the time to figure those out and to to implement whatever those routines activities are into your life it's it's kind of like a self-discovery if that makes sense well, trying something new, just like you said, it, I mean, it, it kind of forces you to be in the present because, for example, if you're trying to learn how to play guitar, you can't sit down learning to play the guitar thinking about how you're going to be a rock star in the future. You also can't mm, sit like down learning to play the guitar thinking about how you messed up uh, several chords two days ago while you are trying to learn to play the guitar. It's... It is literally the de- like trying something new is the definition of being in the present because you can't think about how you messed up because you're trying to get better and you can't think about how great you're going to be because you're not. That's 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 like that's like the very definition. Like so that, that was a great, you know, I think I think you worded that perfectly. I was looking for that definition because personally, um, when it comes to finding those meditative states, I do find myself doing things that I'm already comfortable with. Mm. Even even if I'm trying, even if I'm not like I'm not even exactly trying to get better at them, I just feel comfortable existing in this place, mm-hmm. and so it allows me that kind of peace. Or even if I am trying something slightly different, it isn't something so out of my norm that it would throw me out. Because I can also argue that trying something new that isn't something that I'm even slightly familiar with throws me into just as much panic as reliving an awkward encounter or situation that I wish I could go back and change. Mm-hmm. I feel the same amount of panic or disassociation of I can't live with myself. That that type of concept where I can't believe that I'm doing this 
but I'm like talking to myself as if I can't believe you're doing this. I think that's where the individual aspect comes in and what works for you. And I think another important thing that I've realized relatively recently is the toxic element of the like self-improvement aspect of life. And so one thing that, that I've, um, taken from this book is the, like the concept of like gratitude. Mm-hmm. And cause there's a, there's a, there's a double edged sword when it comes to the self-improvement trend, self-improvement, the grind industry. until you die. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, uh, cause you technically can never be enough. You could, that, and that, but that, but that's kind of part of the, of the, uh, reason behind self-improvement is cause you see areas of self-improvement. But recently I've been trying to look at it a different way. And mm-hmm. it used to be because I wanted to, I want to get better. I want to get better. Like, which means that I'm already perceiving myself as less because I want to yeah. get better. Recently, I've been doing things as an expression of like self gratitude and like how I can do a bunch of really cool shit mm-hmm. and get, and getting better at those things is a further expression of gratitude compared to like, I need to get better. Like I need to fucking put my nose to the grindstone, grind it out. Like, Whatever, whatever may be, working out, yoga, work, uh, you know, what have you. And I was actually at uh, was it yoga. This thing was last week, and it was crazy because I'd already been thinking about this, and like the the instructor's intention was basically that, and I was like, that's pretty crazy timing. So I talked to her for a while afterwards, and had a really great conversation about the toxic element of like self-improvement and how it can be really draining, even though you are getting better and you're doing all these things that, you know, release endorphins, dopamine, and you are getting better, but there, there can be a pretty toxic aspect of it where, which I don't think we've really touched on because we've been, we've been very uh, vocal about like self-improvement. We haven't really touched on the toxic aspect of it and how it can be draining and actually counterproductive depending on how you're looking at it. And that goes back to the mindfulness. How are you talking to yourself? That's another thing is not just fixing your thoughts, but what's your internal narrative about yourself? And how are you judging yourself? Like, how do you, how do you perceive the world around you? How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive your life? Because that's, that's like 90% of your life, man, is, is how you perceive it. And it's crazy how a shift in perspective, which comes from doing these things, can make a massive impact on your life. Oh, yeah. There was, I forgot what the post was. I actually have it on my phone. I saved it. There it is. You cannot hang out with negative people and expect to live a positive life. Mm-hmm. And That's huge. in this, like in this conversation at the very beginning, when you were talking about the book, when he says, I can't live with myself, like you are by all definition, like technically two people mm-hmm. at all times. We, I mean, we really are. There's the logical, like, things I need to do to survive yeah, part e- of you, person. Yeah. And then there's the things that I find joy in, things that make me happy, things that bring emotion side of you. Those two people have to be living at the same time, at all times, with each other, no matter where you go, mm-hmm. everywhere, through every situation. That's That's just it. And if one of those things is constantly being negative, the emotional one, the one that we have at least some control over, because our logic is there, just like you said, to keep us alive. That, that's not a negative thing. The things we do for survival aren't inherently bad 
they are because we want to live. Mm-hmm. That's not an inherently bad thing. The emotional part that says, oh, did I do enough with my day today? What is that? That is, <laughs> that is, one, of, that is one of the most annoying things that I have ever thought in my life. I, like, do, I do it constantly. I, I literally went to bed one day and was like, did I do enough with my day? And a couple of days later, it really hit me. I was like, what the heck is that? Did I, I woke up and I was able to keep myself alive for 24 hours. I'm sure you probably went to work or you I, did something. I, like the, the idea that I was for some reason supposed to do more or I was expecting myself to do more. I don't even know what that more was. That is the biggest problem. The biggest issue is I was comparing myself to an image of myself that did not exist until I thought that it should have. And that's all, and it's all in your mind. You were that negative person. Yeah, like I I literally was, exactly, that's exactly the point. I was sitting there looking back at a time that I couldn't change, thinking that I should have done better during, like that, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. The the process of thought that it should be is what am I doing right now? Like where am where am I, you know, mentally, physically, health wise, and you know, where would I like to see myself? Not comparing myself to a future that does not currently exist, but instead, just like you're doing, like when you said with yoga. And, you know, just, you know, reading, just reading a book, shoot, people don't read books very often now. I started reading, that's part of this, well, obviously, because I'm reading this book, but I started reading, like, almost every day before I go to bed. Yeah, like, a lot of people don't read a lot of books, like, between, like, when, like, when we were living together, I think we both not only read, but we shared books with each other, like, that is, like, that's one of the few friendships that I've ever had that have ever existed where I was like not only reading a book but telling somebody else about it or borrowing or I have one of yours that you gave me oh, which yeah. is which, just one, which like, one did I give you? Uh I think it was the dark money one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And Doesn't so make, that one does not make you feel good. Uh yeah. it's not a mindfulness uplifting read. That is a pretty it's it's an immersive great read, but it doesn't make yeah. you feel very good about the current political climate. And this was not pre every... this that that was pre-Trump, dude. That book came out pre-Trump. Not everything you do is meant to always no. make you feel good, which is another thing that we can talk about at some point, if not on this one, on a, on a different one. But it was just, what was I saying before? But, oh, yeah, the, where, I, where I finally came to understand like that whole concept of did I do enough today is disgusting. To look back at yourself and tell yourself that you're not good enough, like to have had this day that somebody else was doing more with their day than you. Mm-hmm. That's awful. But what is a productive thought is I would like to accomplish more tomorrow. Mm, I, I was just going to say that. Like that that's, that's going to benefit. That's going to have benefit. That's going to have a positive impact because if you wake up with the mentality of I want to accomplish stuff today. I want to do X, Y, and Z at least. I want to what? wake up 30 minutes earlier than I usually do. I want to go for a walk. I want to read a chapter or two in my book. I want to find a new recipe to cook. <laughs> like 
that's that's so much more productive than sitting down and thinking, man, I really wasted today. Yeah. Like, you just no, dwell, you didn't. You just dwell on this. Yeah. And and that's the see that's the bitch and, and the bitch of it is that thought. Kenny actually comes from the same instinct that is trying to keep you alive. Because way back when, if you didn't do enough, you would die. And and that's that's where it's hard to untether. You know, like that that I haven't done enough and then when you get down on yourself and you're negative, that's the quote unquote ego what you just said were I would like to do more because I respect myself mm-hmm. and I love myself enough to do more because I like doing those things and because I only have one life and I want to I want to do those things is a is a much more the outcome is arguably going to be better than you sitting there dwelling on the past and like oh yeah I've I fucked up and you sit there for a half hour and just think about how shitty you are yeah compared to oh I would like to do this tomorrow because I respect myself and that's kind of where di- like discipline is a tough is a tough subject because we've talked about it before with you know doing hard things is important and it builds self-respect and all this other stuff mm-hmm. but really discipline at the root of it comes from self-respect because if you look at yourself again because we're, we're separating ourselves so if two and you're looking down on yourself you wouldn't want your best friend to eat nothing but dog shit and do nothing all day and feel like ass about themselves, you'd say, hey, man, like, I love you. You should try to change some stuff, not because you're a bad person, but because I respect you and I want to, like, I want, I, I see the potential in you to do more. And it's not, you're not looking at the past and what you did negatively. You're looking at the future. And that's the whole, that's the whole mindfulness trick is is not the outcome is going to be the same and arguably arguably better but it's the internal monologue that you have about doing those things that's so important and your internal monologue about yourself that's so important Hmm. what you said was interesting that uh that discipline comes from self-respect i think yeah i think it comes more at least in my opinion from selfishness mm. which can sometimes be seen as a negative trait i don't really see selfishness as negative i see greed as negative which mm. some people uh, misconstrue for being selfish or has selfish intent behind it but i think selfishness is that thing in your mind that says I want better for myself so bad, or I want not better, I want more for myself so bad that I'm willing to, you know, work like work, work a little bit harder mm-hmm. to be, be a little bit more selfish and intentional with my time mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, do the things that invest in me that will grant me the peace of who I want to be. Not comparing yourself to this image that hasn't come to pass because you're not doing the work to get there. Or other people. Or other people, or comparing yourself to other people and their experiences and social media and stuff. No, it's that selfishness that just says, hey, I want for myself X, Y, and Z. 
and then sitting down, doing the research, looking into it, saying, okay, so this is how I get to that point. All right, so I'm going to be intentional with my time. I'm not going to let myself or others waste the time that I have to accomplish this and get there. And I'm going to be present in the moment to make sure that these that these things are met, you know, in my day so that I can continue moving forward, not looking back and saying, oh, I wish three years ago I had started a nice workout routine. That way I can have a beach body today. You know how pointless that is to be sitting down eating a row of Oreos, wishing that you started working out two years ago. Like, like what does that mean? Yeah, like, no, like if, if you want something for like that, that's why I say it's, it's selfish. That's why I say discipline comes from a place of just wanting it so bad for yourself that you're willing to be selfish mm-hmm. in that time to just say, like, I think the perfect example for me is back when I started playing football. I didn't have, I didn't even have a real birthday party until I got cancer. Because in high school, freshman year, I started playing football and my uh, uh, coach, Coach C, best physical training coach I've ever had in my life practically saved my life after cancer to help me like build back my strength and everything. Incredible human being. Coach Christophus at Desert Vista High School, amazing human being. Shout out. But um, freshman year of high school, one thing he said to us, he said, if you really want this, if you really want to be the best possible athlete you can be, you're going to have to find a way to, if someone hands you a cup of piss and vinegar, to just choke it down and go. Woof. And he and he literally says he's he says he says the best athletes in the world aren't sitting down gorging themselves on desserts and crap all the time. They're not drinking all the sodas and doing all this stuff. They're working hard. They're continuously giving attention to their body and what it needs in order to perform at its best. You know, they're watching film, they're doing this, they're doing that. Pretty much the sum of what he told us freshman year, this is a freshman 14 year old <laughs> hearing this stuff, and he said if you want to be the best, you have to give your body the opportunity to be the best. You have to be selfish. And so from that time on, and I, I shit you not, you can ask anybody in my family, from freshman year of high school, like the first day of freshman summer training, which arguably happened like right after middle school, all the way until I was diagnosed with cancer on July 25th of 2013. I only drink water and milk. I didn't have like I didn't I didn't drink juice. I didn't drink soda. Nothing. We went out to restaurants. I was drinking tomato juice with my meals, bro. We, we went out to restaurants. I was ordering like salads or I was I was getting like a to go box at the beginning of the meal so I could cut my portion in half and just eat that. At fourteen years old, Jesus like. Christ. Doing like doing workouts, we had we had one hour workouts uh, during the day. I had um, I had weightlifting in the morning, and then we'd have practice after school. I this is a kid who wasn't playing sports before, like literally was not playing sports until like the last year of middle school, and then I started playing football. I became a two sport athlete, started throwing shot put and discus, so that in the off season I still had something to do and I could stay active. 
I didn't have dessert for two straight years. Like, no cake, brownies, even on holidays, bro. <laughs> like, it was so strict. It, But I only did it because I wasn't thinking about, you know, tomorrow or the next day. I was thinking, what can I do today to give myself the opportunity to be as to be the best that I possibly can be. At some point, I'm going to reach a limit. I'm going to reach my maximum potential. But what can I do today that's going to give me that opportunity tomorrow? And the things that I was doing at that age were just ridiculous. Like, even my friends look at me and they're like, are you serious? You're not even going to, like, have a root beer? Like, you're not going to have soda? I didn't have soda until uh, freshman year of college. Jesus Christ. Like, literally four years of school, I didn't have soda until I was in college, bro. Like it was, it was nuts, but it was, it was that mentality that he instilled in us. And it was probably the best thing for me because if I hadn't been doing that, my body might not have been ready to fight cancer at that time. And then once I came out of cancer, I was able to rebuild and get stronger than I was before. Not as large, not as big, wasn't able to go, you know, to play in college anymore but like that was insane it was just a ridiculous time of life so while we're talking about this like mindfulness it just brought me back to that of you know how how impactful it can be for your life to be in the present not thinking about your goals not not like focusing on it too much but just thinking about what can I do today right in now. this moment right now that is going to give me the opportunity to be the best I can possibly be. No matter what that looks like, not comparing yourself to someone else, because you have a limit. You can't be somebody else. And you can't imagine yourself to be something because you don't know what you could look like. You don't know your own limits. But you do know what you can do today that's going to be beneficial for you moving forward. That's incredible, man. Dude, I didn't know you did that in high school. That's that's fucking awesome and i would argue that the the selfish connotation that that has is toxic and i don't know where we learn that from mm -hmm. because you're right technically it is but it's not because you're doing all of those things for yourself because you have goals but you're doing it for your teammates around you you're doing it so you can interact with people better and we've mentioned that before we're like why i enjoy working out is because i am better with the people around me when I do. And so I don't know where we learn the selfish negative connotation for like the things that you did, bro. That doesn't seem that like for me, I would argue that it's not selfish. And I, I can see why it is because it's all you and your goals and you're, you're making sacrifices, this, that, and the other, but really in large part, you working on your goals and you doing those things impacts how you interact with other people daily you were better for your teammates on the field. Mm -hmm. It's not a. It's not as selfish as, as we're, we're we're led to believe, and I don't know where that comes from because I like struggle with that too. But setting up boundaries and setting up goals, and especially because you set up boundaries for yourself, be given your goals. Mm -hmm. Other in order to reach your goals, it's essential to to do that and set up boundaries, which could, in quotes, negatively impact your experience at that time if that makes sense uh you know yeah. you're working on something and someone invites you out to go drinking 
and you say, no, man, like I got, you know, I got, I got to get up early and I got to work tomorrow. I'm working out in the morning and no, I'm not going to do that. Technically, like your relationship with that person could have gotten closer if you were to go out and drink, but in the long term, you are going to be better and you are going to be better for that person who invited you out to drink and be better for everyone around you if you set up those boundaries and if you are, in quotes, disciplined. Or you lose them. Or you lose them. Which it, is where that selfishness and, comes and from. And That's if, why I was saying, like, yeah, I don't think that there is, I don't think that being selfish itself is negative. That's, that's, that's why, that, that was my, my most important thing. Because, yeah. like, some of the benefits that you were saying, like, I was a better player for my teammates. I was able to interact with people better. I met more people. You know, I learned how to communicate. Those all were positive benefits that aligned with me actively wanting to be the best that I can be, which there are, there are always going to be positive benefits to somebody searching for their purpose, to somebody pushing for their purpose. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying that selfishness isn't inherently negative. Greed is negative to where it falls in line with, you know, selfish desires. Like when people take that selfishness too far and they start impacting others' lives. Negatively. Negatively, that's when selfishness has its negative connotations. But inherently, being selfish is not a bad thing. Because if I say no to going out, we've, we've experienced this before. We have experienced this on several occasions where we invite somebody out and they say no enough times, you just kind of stop inviting them out. Not because you don't want to be around them, but because... You know, you don't want to be a bother. You don't want to continue bothering somebody if they're too busy and vice versa. I've actively like been asked like, hey, you want to come out? And you want to do this? And I say, no, I'm good. And it, it comes from a selfish place. Like I don't want to or I'm too busy. I've got other things I need to do. I have other plans. and I just don't want to say like I'm choosing those plans over you. But if each person selfishly sought after their desires and their purpose, you're going to find people. You're going to find others that fall in line with those things. And you're going to be able to enjoy those things together. And as long as your selfishness isn't negatively going, negatively and intentionally affecting someone else, then there's nothing wrong with it. I think there's a great, there's a greatness behind being selfish. And it's just, it's just that, People have looked at it in the light of greed and not in the light of pursuing what you really want out of life. And I think the process of pursuing what you really want out of life is going to vastly impact those around you, which which were scientifically proven. Mm. When we do help people, that it like that it, it's a great thing. I actually had a fantastic conversation yesterday about being like a a, a people pleaser, um, and because the person I was uh, talking to was as well. And that's a spiraling aspect of life where you constantly say yes and you constantly make sure that everyone around is okay. And y'all people you're not. please and it's really, me sometimes. It's really counterproductive because by mm. doing that, you're not at your best for those people that you're actually trying to please. It's a weird uh, counterintuitive aspect of life where you think that you're helping, you think that you're pleasing everyone else, but if you were to stop and focus on yourself, 
you would end up in a much better place with much better people and you'd be impacting them much more than if you were to not just constantly say yes and, and, and go down this, this brutal spiral. Yeah, my, my ex was a people pleaser. And I literally, like, we sat down and talked because she was taking on so much stuff, like, from her family and, like, doing all this other stuff. And we sat down and I straight up asked her, I was like, are you, ha- like, are you happy doing this? Are you, like, actually finding joy from, you know, doing all this stuff to be helpful? And she, like, broke down crying. And at that point is when that, that's, wow, now that I really think about it, that's when it kind of hit me that it's not, there's nothing inherently wrong with being selfish and allowing yourself the opportunity to learn and find the things that you most find joy in. There is, however, a problem when you have the means, ability, time, and will to do something and you just don't do it because somebody else is involved. That That's problematic. That's not selfish. That's um, what is it? That is diminishing somebody else, like somebody else and their existence. Mm-hmm. Like you, like if I have every opportunity to help somebody and I have the time and like, there's literally nothing getting in the way. It's just me making the decision of whether or not I can, or I would, then yeah, like I definitely should do it. But selfishness means, you know, I can help them. But I wouldn't be happy doing it. It's going to take up a lot more of my time that I need for rest in order to do this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sleeping, bro. Like, she was, like, sleeping, like, maybe an hour a day to work at night and then do school during the day and, like, watch kids and all this stuff. And I was like, bro, that's exhausting. And those... Like, you don't have to do at least one of these things on a daily basis. You're not required to. You're not getting paid to do this. Like, so are you finding joy in it? And like, it doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that you love them any less. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah, mean that you, for some reason, suddenly hate the people that you're being selfish, that you're choosing to be selfish over. No. It, all it means is that you are saying, I can be a priority. If I have the opportunity to help, then I will. But you, you're, not, you're not required to. That's, that's where I find selfishness. That's where I find comfort in that selfishness. Mm-hmm. Where it's not just... I'm, you're not, you're not going to let yourself be used, if that makes sense. Or like... Or what is it? Or risk losing yourself trying to be something for others. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I think, so it's important to push yourself and find your limits. And then when you do, that time where you do take the time for yourself, what have you, it might be like just to rest. Like, that's okay. Yeah. That's important to do that. It's, it, it's kind of like the yin and the yang of, of life. It's like push yourself and, you know, and, and constantly like push past your your limits and 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 do that but at the same time if you just do that and you don't take the time for you and that might just be like a rest day like i, I it should be much more apparent and, and easier for us to do because if you think about like lifting and working out like rest days are important if you mm-hmm. don't 
take them and you work out seven days a week, full body, all the time, you are going to be in worse shape and look look worse than a person who takes an occasional rest day and does it smartly. So the fact that, and, and everyone knows that about lifting and working out. But when it comes to life, like that, the, the person that you were, you were talking about, they didn't take that same mantra into their relationships. They were working out seven days a week all the time, and they were actually, I guarantee you, their, their relationships were probably worse than if she would take an occasional rest day. Yeah, it was, it was honestly a scary moment, bro. Like, I'm not even going to lie because, you know, and this, is, this isn't a, an attack on you or any other person who I've seen as a people pleaser mm-hmm. before. This is not in any way an attack. It is sometimes terrifying watching somebody continuously say yes when you as an outside person would like want to step in and just be like, no, like, no, don't do this. Like you, you can't handle this. And I, I hate the fact that I have to tell you that you can't do this. Like you are effectively make like while you're trying to please all these people you're effectively people pissing me off. <laughs> no, you are. That's what you're doing. You're negatively impacting a relationship. You don't. You just don't see it because you're so entrenched in this. Yeah. People pleasing mantra. Because like it's it's great to want to help, and you know, again, if you have the opportunity, the will, and the time to do so, as well as the resources, then I do believe that everyone should do all they can so that we can all live the best possible life. That by no means means that everyone should stretch themselves paper thin to be there for everyone and everything. If someone doesn't fall in the path of your purpose and they get annoyed and they don't like the fact that you're taking time for yourself to do things and do and, you know, live your life, they can, they can take the them. next exit. You don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> you don't need them. They, they have a different purpose. They have a different path. We're not all on the same path, and that's perfectly fine. Seven billion of us, man. There's so many of us. And if we keep chugging down our own personal path, we be a little bit selfish. Again, not greedy. There's a difference between being greedy and being selfish. Being selfish means I'm choosing myself, which everyone should choose themselves, like the majority of the time. I would argue like 80% of the time, you should be choosing you. The other 20% is for, well, the other 19% is for close relatives, family, and friends. And then there's a 1% of the time where given the proper circumstances, situation, that you would be able to choose a complete stranger. Well, I think the proportions are depending on, on each individual person. Like, indiv- mm-hmm. like that might look different for somebody um, because of what they drive happiness out of. And it kind of it kind of depends, but you, you do need to. You sure as shit can't be eighty percent everyone else. There's no way. I was gonna say at no point though. Should I think we can at least agree that at no point would it be 50%. majority? Yeah, Fit, like 50, anybody 50, else 50, but 50, you. Fifty one. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that looks different for each. Like how like there's there's people who just drive a lot of happiness out of just you know, being by themselves, working on themselves, and that's great. Mm-hmm. And other people that want to spend, like, a lot of their time serving others. And they, they have the ability and the means to serve others, and that's where they derive happiness. So their proportions might be off. But but technically, so, so and here's the, here's where, like, I think the word selfishness, and I completely agree with you that that 
is important, but I think where it has the negative connotation, like technically that person going out and helping that person or donating their time, that doesn't that doesn't have to fall into the other people category, man. That 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 can fall into you. I was just gonna say that's why my proportions are still that that's why I still firmly like for the sake of conversation, I'll say that majority of the time you should choose yourself, but I will stick firmly to eighty percent of the time someone should choose themselves because I can selfishly choose that I want to hang out with my friends today. I want to be around them. I want to do stuff that involves them or I selfishly choose that I want to be around my family or I selfishly choose that I want to go to a soup kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's like these are things that I've chosen for myself because when I say like 20% of the time is for family and 19% of the time is like for family and friends and 1% for others. I mean situations where you're not service. Exactly. Like full blown. I didn't even think that this would come up. I didn't know this was happening in life. Somebody asks, Hey, can you help me move today? Like didn't know ahead of time, nothing I could plan for. And there's like a close family friend. You're like, yeah, no, I can definitely fit that in. Like when do you need me? Like when do I need to be over? That's not a selfish decision. They need you. They require of your service. Is it a little bit selfish because like, yeah, that's my friend. Like, of course I'll help them. But they, they, they also don't need, need you. It's not like they can't move at all. Like they need you to sign a contract. Like they are still capable of leaving or like completing that task, but you are going over there to help them because they have asked for your service. That's what I mean by that other like 20%. But 80% of the time, your selfish decisions should be you-based things that you find joy in even if that is helping other people and on that note i'm going to be selfish and go hiking <laughs> <laughs> well everybody i guess ben's taking our lesson literally no nah, i'm just kidding we had this planned out before we even started this we did, if yeah. you have any ideas thoughts opinions that you would like to share on today's topic selfishly send those to our dms <laughs> at we are these guys now.com at underscore mr dot clark at ben mueller whatever numbers are after that 915 <laughs> but no we love this stuff so love to hear from you guys yeah thanks everybody we weren't these guys before we are now thanks everyone